today at Super Junior Tag League and, well, yeah, Power Struggle, because the best of the Super Junior Tag League final was at Power Struggle this year. So we're going to discuss that. I have a guest with me today who hasn't watched the show, but he's going to interject with comedy asides. That's Mr. Marcus Green. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like it's been a minute since I checked in uh, with you and, and, and uh, good old New Japan faithful. So uh, this should be fun. Indeed. We were at Eddie on Arena Osaka, 4,046 in attendance, which is not bad for this kind of mid-card show. Mid, not mid-card show, a show that's happening in between with no IWGP Heavyweight Championship on top. That was an intriguing kind of draw, so that's good. But Chizuku Jr. is a strong machine and Yoshiki Kato, uh, sorry, strong machine J, and Yoshiki Kato guested um, from Dragon Gate going up against Olga Oleg Bolton, Raisuki Takuchi, and the DKC. Um, Bolton, Suzuki, and the DKC took a victory over the guests, which I thought was a bit harsh. You, you invite you you invite people over to be on your show and then they get beat by Rosuki Taguchi. That's not very fair, is it, in life? But here we are. Any thoughts on that matchup, Marcus? Oh, sorry, cut out again. Can you say that? Repeat it. So, Mrs. Uchiki Jr., Strong Machine J, and Yoshiki Kato from Dragon Gate. Ah. They went up against Oleg Bolt and Raisuke Taguchi in the DKC. Raisuke Taguchi took the pinfall victory, I think, over Strong Machine J. I thought it was a bit rum that the, you invite these people over onto your card and then get beaten by Raisuke Taguchi. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, Taguchi went on scene right in any <laughs> scenario. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a regular thing. Um yeah, I mean that's that's my biggest takeaway. Like when I when I think of Taguchi, he's usually on the the, the uh, losing end of things. There's no shot at him, but just just kind of his place on situation. Like you said, to your point, you don't you know we usually see visitors get um, the down home treatment, if you will. <laughs> no, I to, Rosuki Taguchi in the DKC like, did finish dead last in Super J Tag League. To be fair, on the last night, they had a chance to finish second from bottom and then Dookie and um, Taka beat them on the last night. And that was that. They were bottom team. So, unfortunately, what can you do? And the next matchup was United Empire's Callum Newman and Jeff Cobb. They defeated Oscar Lube and Yuta Nakashima. You haven't seen anything of Callum Newman, have you? No. British wrestler. He's um, He was trained by Alan Lee Travis, London School of Lucha Libre, Grand Vanderhorn, and Greg Burridge. He's been a pro for five years, kind of got a lot of experience in Rev Pro. He's been picked up as kind of United Empire's young boy. He's kind of in the Chase Owens role, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Oh, okay. Yes, and they defeated Oscar Lube and Yuji Nakashima, the young boys from the dojo, as you kind of expect. But it was a fun, entertaining match. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I I know that the young boys always put in some some quality work. You know, New Japan would uh, you know, always really pump out some real uh, great guys with potential there. But uh, you know, just on the other side of things, like look, I you know, there are a lot of instances where Jeff Cobb don't necessarily need a partner. That's just kind of make it you know within the rules. So you know, uh, I don't know how long the match went, but uh, you know, hopefully Cobb didn't didn't. Uh, Take too long on that tour of the islands, if you will. <laughs> it didn't go very long at all, no. The next matchup was kind of indicative of the Super J Tag League. So, because you've not been following New Japan at all, have you, for a while? 
Yeah, it's been a minute. So the current tag team champions, Bullet Club War Dogs, Clark Connors and Driller Maloney, they lost like four matches in a row in this tournament, having come in undefeated. Kosi Fujita and Robbie Eagles of the Mighty Note Neil don't they didn't get to the they were they were kind of like they got four wins out of nine. So they they didn't do too badly. Nushashi and Yo. Um, Yo was going to tag with Leo Rush. Leo Rush is out injured, so he ended up tagging with tagging with his old wrestling school friend Nushashi, who works for Michinoku Pro. They didn't do too badly. They got to six points. But the most bizarre team of the entire tournament was El Dasperada and Master Wato. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Told you, El Dasperada and Master Wato. Despy can't stand Master Wato, hates his guts, but Despy's kind of in Hontai now because by default when Suzuki Gun broke up, Strong Style are a Hontai unit. They're a unit part with Minoru Suzuki and um, Ren Narita. So Desperado is in Hontai, kind of reluctantly. (laughs) (laughs) And Wato was like, hey, do you want to do Super J Tag League? And Desperado was like, not really. But all right then, if we must. And the storyline was Wato being Wato, like a Labrador at Desperado's side for the entire two weeks. Wato had t-shirts made. And tried to give Desperado every night. He would try and give him, hey, do I wear the T-shirt? And Desperado would be like, no, I'm not wearing the T-shirt. Stupid. Um, and they were they lost their first match, and then they won their second match, and then they went up against War Dogs, and War Dogs tried to destroy Desperado. And as you can imagine, when someone goes after Desperado, he ain't happy, especially when they tore his mask off. There was blood flowing everywhere. <laughs> and not long after that, Drill Maloney and Clark Connors were in a heap because Desperado desperadoed to his fullest extent with the help of Master Wato. It was quite a sight to see. And as a result of that, Wato handed him the T-shirt to cover his face and Desperado broke over his face. And that was the closest they got to friendship. But, Master, but the, the night before, they wrestled Kushida and Kevin Knight in the main event and beat Kushida and Kevin Knight, the former tag team champions. And they basically, on, on the microphone, Desperado says, why do you think we keep going all the main events? It's because you could be the star if you only tried to be the star. I don't want to be the star. I'm quite happy not being the star. But if you're going to be an ace like him and point to Kushida, you could be as good as he is. You've just got to do the right things. And Wato started listening to Desperado, and they were leading the tournament up until the last night. <laughs> and on the last night, they lost the House of Torture. And everyone was like, oh, crying out loud. <laughs> so this match was kind of the everyone who did really well but didn't win match. And it was a four-way tag team match. And as they walked down the aisle, Wato said, hey, this might be the last time we tag with each other, have the T-shirt. And Desperado sighed and took the T-shirt into his pants on the other side of his strong style T-shirt. And it was like, that was really cool. They made friends and they shook hands and they won this match, which was a nice round out to the story, but I'd much be happier if it was actually the final of the, final of the Super Chase Tech League. That's a long story to tell, Marcus. What do you think? 
No, that's a. I mean, just I mean, seeing the story about Waddle was incredible because, you know, like I said, it's been a while, but you know, when first got on the scene, it was real shaky, and then obviously he's grown, and the fact that he's now under the wing of somebody like Desperado, I mean, it's uh, it's rather brilliant, uh, unexpectedly. So, so that's uh, that's in, that's incredible from. Barely being able to put moves together, the potential of being the main eventer. That's something. It absolutely is. I mean, he did win best of Super Juniors this year. He's he's had a good run. And that final he had with T Tam was just like blisteringly good. But you're right, two years ago I was actually worried for people's health when he wrestled water because he couldn't land anything. So yeah, but much, much better now. Moving on, Tama Tonga and the Intergalactic Jet Setters, Kevin Knight and Kushida, defeated Los Agarables upon Bushi, Shingo, Takagi, and Titan when Tama Tonga got a pinfall with um, Gunson on Bushi and then challenged Shingo Takagi, who took the Never Openweight Championship from Tama Tonga last week in California. And Tama was like, hey, I gave you a shot. You should give me a shot. Let's do the honorable thing here. And Shingo was like, I'll think about it. But I have a feeling that could be a Wrestle Kingdom matchup. And it would be intriguing to me because I think then if if Tama beat Shingo at Wrestle Kingdom, it would really cement him as a main eventer. But also, I think that would be four championship reigns in a year, and that would be a new record, um, or in less than a year. So kind of they're kind of like making it Tama's belt, if that makes sense, which I think is really intriguing. What's your thoughts on this one? Hey, they're two of my favorites. Anytime they can dance in any fashion, any place, I'm I'm down for it. You know, Tama is. You know, secretly been the MVP of, the, of uh, not even secretly, he's been the MVP in the company for s- such a long time. Um, and the fact he's kind of getting to this place, it kind of seems long overdue. But, you know, going against a guy like Takagi, who's more than proven, I mean, it kind of almost seems like a perfect storm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, I watched that match last week with Takagi going up against uh, Tamatonga, and it was the best match I've seen Tama Tonga have. Um, obviously, mm. Shingo, Shingo's just great, but Tama was really laying it on the line. He was doing stuff. His timing was crisp. It was perfect. It was just exactly what you needed him to do. Well, doing anything new, just doing the things he always did in the right time, and it felt like a main event match, and it, it went like a main event match, and it was really... And especially, like, you know, it was there was some good wrestling on that match. Eddie Kingston was defending the Never Openweight, uh, the strong, New Japan Strong Championship on that card, and you know he's always going to go. So you then a lot of competition to kind of get things moving on that match, and it, it was really just really good. Time was just really good, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that as a rematch. I think that'd be a great Wrestle Kingdom rematch. So we'll see. Um, Lij Tetsuya Nato and Yotsuji defeated Sonata and Ua Uemura. Yeah, because you don't, yeah. You know what we were saying about the reason why Yui Uemura lost Feast of Fire was because he would go back to Japan? He went back to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know the reason why that happened. <laughs> yeah, there, Marcus. Sorry about that. Uh, technical difficulties. Can you repeat that? I said, so Uemura, the reason why Uemura lost the Feast of Fire match on TNA Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, was because he ended up going back to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I saw he was getting, getting rather, getting the push. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. He, the, he replaced Kanemaro in Just Five Guys after Kanemaro turned on Just Five Guys and joined House of Torture. And they signed Uemura, who signed on the principle that, hey, I can wrestle anyone in Just Five Guys, not just because, you know, not just join. I wouldn't be able to challenge you for the World Heavyweight Championship if I am a member of the team. And they were like, they were cool with that. That was fine. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a blast. This was Yosuji won it with Gene Blast against Yui Uemura at the end uh, of the match. No, I can't remember what they're called. The renamed Gene Blast, obviously, because Gene Blast sounds awful. <laughs> so, not because it's a bad name, just because it implies certain sexual things that I don't think everyone would realize how uncomfortable that would be. Um, but, you know, Chris Jarton certainly had a lot of fun with it for quite some time. Um, but there you go. Um, yeah, it was fun. Any comments on this? Yeah, I'm just I'm just happy for you. You're more, you know, he was a uh, quality combination with him and, and uh, Hendry and, and Impact when, when the whole Feast of Fire thing happened. We kind of, uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall about him going back to New Japan. I'm just glad that it's, it's, it's with some momentum. You know, I feel like they can do Maybe over there with him, what what maybe we're seeing with uh Takesh to do over here in the states right now. Um, so um, you know, the fact that they put him with yeah, I would argue I guess the top faction in New Japan right now with five guys being led by who's Sonata, who's the champion right now. Yeah. Um, I mean that's a, that's a great omen. You know, you can't get put in in, in a better spot than that. And the fact that you, like you said to your point, he said like I can't don't just want to join you guys. I want to face you guys. You know, that's uh, setting precedent for some stuff down the line because I don't necessarily know if we saw that, but I wasn't necessarily the narrative when it came to LIJ. You know, and I think that's kind of why, you know, we need to see Sonata kind of, you know, break out on his own. It's funny because when he initially broke out, I think you remember this, you know, uh, he was like, um, if he can't get it when he's with us, you know, what makes him think he can go elsewhere and get it? And then he got it. You know, so, so the energy is a little different now that, you know, there's a rightful chip on that shoulder. So, you know, if, uh, you know, you you more could grow to potentially take that spot, that's, that's just great. You know, cause he's got a lot of potential, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, speaking of Chris Charlton, um, it was the first comment, it was the first full show, the full first pay-per-view show, Without Kevin Kelly on commentary, Walker Stewart is the new commentator, play-by-play commentator for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He did okay, but he talks far too much. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't want to knock him because it like it's difficult. Like Kevin Kelly took over from Jim Ross, so you're swapping like for like taking over from Kevin Kelly who has made that job his own over the last seven years and is regularly considered one of the best commentators in the industry is going to be really difficult. Or he's not got the cadences yet to work with Chris Charlton. No, he's not doing badly. Um, I do question why you had the choice of him or Vader Scott and you went with him. Why didn't you pick Vader Scott? He was really good. Um, <laughs> Well, that's just me. I'm not going to knock him. I would have picked Bayley Scott personally because she could just do anything. And I think she would have been really cool. It would have been really interesting to have a woman as a lead announcer for the major wrestling competition. That I'm, would be incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I'm, I'm still so, you know, I've 
I've heard Vader Scott, but not as consistently as I would have liked. But I'm glad that she's got a shining endorsement for you because I'm still so scarred from Velvet with NWA. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for women commentating. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Velvet was an intriguing character to listen to commentate to. But, yes, the Vader Scott's amazing. And kind of would have picked her if i mean no i don't know what they, i don't know what, they, what what they were kind of going for but walker stewart is kind of a generic wrestling commentator who sounds like a wrestling commentator and i think the joy of chris charlton and kevin kelly was the fact that they didn't sound like wrestling commentators does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. so there's i think that's the issue is he sounds very much like he he, he sounds very much like a very generic wrestling commentator and I, I'm like too overly generic and yeah he just needs to he needs some more space he's got to give himself some time he's got to get some time to keep going I guess as well but I, I mean to be honest with you Chris Charlton did play by play on a couple of the Super J nights and he was great with Henry on who's not the most vocal human being alive to be honest with you Henry doing colour and it was great it was really good but I know Chris doesn't want to do all the shows because he's got a family, and that's fair enough, I suppose, really. But, oh, well, we'll see what happens. I don't want to knock him because it's difficult to walk into a job like that on your first night when you're not really produced. It's not like in WWE and AEW, they will have producers who help you through the show. He's just kind of got to go off the fly with with a laptop and some stuff from Chris Samsa and make it work. Um, But I think... Yeah, he just needs to stop talking so much. We can see what's going on. Um, and just just let things breathe a bit more. Just you don't have to fill every space with with you know, um with commentary. And I think that's like the great sports commentators of any type. Uh, Barry Davis, who was the, the classic British football commentator, so the first thing he he started commentating on radio, and of course on radio you have to fill every gap. You can't not do. And then, yeah. This first one, the first the first production meeting after his first football match was stop talking. We can see. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, because I mean, obviously, you know, you have a plethora of guys in your head when you talk about the commentators, but you know, ranking from great to not so much. Do you think, in his particular case, with that particular con, if you will, to his uh, ability, do you think there's something that can be? Uh, improved upon over time or do you think it's something that you kind of just have to have i think it can, i think it can be proved upon over time because i mean you're there's some friend of mine kevin kelly had like 10 years experience with wwe and then another five with ring of honor and he knew what he was doing you know um yeah. and i think that i think this time is the trouble is there's been the obvious person to replace Kevin Kelly is Ricky Barney, but Ricky Barney's already busy. You know, he's already got a job. He doesn't need another one. So yeah. he's not available. Um, and then you've kind of got like, well, there's the New Japan strong guys. They, they had Ricky Barney and, um, oh, who's the Reinhold who does impact as well? Ricky Barney and Reinhold do that. But Ricky Barney probably wasn't interested with his AEW stuff about going to AEW and New Japan and doing New Japan in the States as well, in Japan as well. So you've kind of yeah. like got to find somebody who's available and um, there isn't that many people available who were willing to, the, what, the reason why Kevin Kelly left was because he's, he's, his wife said, I would like to see you sometime because you, you go do the G1 and that's three months of your life gone, you know? Yeah. That, 
that's the issue. It wasn't so bad when we was in COVID, but you can't get, you can't do the job properly unless you're not a ringside. So, yeah. I mean, there's also the point Vader Scott might have said no, because she's happy doing indies in the States and she does lots of them. And that's the same reason. She's married to um, oh, a Canadian gentleman with the shiny teeth in Impact Wrestling. What's he called? Black hair. In. Because <laughs> uh, I know you were like, Josh. Oh, gotcha. Oh, she's. Oh, they're a thing? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, they've married a couple of years. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it is. It's a commitment. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great commitment, but it, it is a commitment. It's, it's almost kind of suited for people who, um, you know, can, can, can kind of, you know, make that thing. Cause like you said, just the G1 alone is three months. So, you know, having too many outside commitments, particularly personally, you know, uh, I would imagine that not, not just in a relationship, but specifically as a parent, I would imagine that is a strain, you know, even if the money is good, it's a, it's a strain because time is something you just can't get back. Um, no. and no amount of money ever bought any of it, you know? So. Exactly. So that's where we are. Let's just move on. Tang- Tangaloa lost to Dave Finley uh, in a singles match. It was really good. It was one of the best time of time. Tangaloa matches I've seen in quite some time. Dave Finley wins with the shillelagh shot and then um, X Master Spot with the um, trash panda, or whatever he's calling it these days. End <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the world, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. But kind of like after the loss to Tamatonga and the loss of the championship to Tamatonga, they kind of have to put some shine back on David Finlay as they try and figure out what to do something with the leader of Bullet Club at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, this has been an interesting era for Bullet Club for sure because, you know, we, we've uh, been steadily, you know, calling for the, the rise of someone like David Finlay for a while. I didn't see it being his leader of Bullet Club, but you know, obviously, I think we've seen as strange, if not stranger, things happen um, in New Japan. So, uh, you know, I think I think obviously incorporating more of that that friendliness into his whole uh, vibe with, like you said, with the shillelagh and that whole bit, obviously helps, particularly with the heal healness of it all. But it's also good, on the other hand, to hear about the the Tongans having some of their best matches. Because um, obviously we're so used to them as a tag team, but, you know, really getting that singles uh, shine, if you will, even in a loss, you know, it's, uh, it's good to hear because, you know, Lowell's been more so looked at as the tag team guy than more than his brother because I think for for Tama, I think he's just maybe had more opportunities to do a solo. And also we've seen him for a long time without his brother. So, you know, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gorillas of Destiny have kind of like handed the tag team mantle over to Desperado and Hikaleu, and they're quite happy for them to do the tag team stuff. <laughs> so yeah. that's 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 been that's been quite cool to see. And uh, Des- um, uh, ELP and uh, Hikaleu won the Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships last week in California as well. Um, so that leaves us on to John Maxley versus Great Okan. Oh dear. This was a bit violent, as you probably imagine. The deal was Will Ospreay would give Shooter Umino a shot at the IWGP Night States Heavyweight Championship if Great O'Khan could wrestle John Moxley. 
So he gets on the phone, John Moxley goes, of course you can, I'll do that, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first match lasted, because there was two, the first match lasted about twelve sec- about 24 seconds because they both got counted out. And then Moxley jumped on the microphone and said, I ain't going anywhere, I'm not leaving this ring. Could Penforce count anywhere? Okan went with him. And, well, there was blood everywhere. Moxley was cut open within the first two minutes. They went through tables, they went through the crowd. Moxley pulled out some scissors and cut off Okan's braid. It was a bit violent. Ah, it was a ton of fun to watch, though. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking, to, talking to a friend who also uh, uh, talked wrestling with, and uh, I, I said, I said at this point, it, it just feels like like it's it's illegal if Moxley doesn't bleed. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's literally like it's. You know, and uh, you know, for Cole Khan, like, yeah, I do that, no worries. I'm like, it's it's, it's Moxley, it's it's, it's worries, <laughs> it's worries, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, to be fair, it's not nothing. I'm not like to your point, surprised to hear this has been Moxley's mo, and it's only gradually gradually gotten more violent since his, you know, he's come to AEW and gotten to do more of, I guess what would have been i i would imagine the stuff he was doing in czw or something to that effect mm-hmm. uh but it obviously with more eyes on him you know that's just his style at this point you know obviously he's, he's incorporated more submission and technical stuff into his his repertoire if you will uh dealing with the black uh pool combat club but it's just you know uh it's just a, he's a brawl at heart you know yeah yeah he he won this with uh, the best bit about this match is um <laughs> Boxley goes pinfalls count anywhere and Okan just shouts yes and they get going and the camera cuts to Desperado who's doing the Japanese country and just got a massive grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I came to see. <laughs> so yeah, it was um yeah, because Desperado wrestled Moxley earlier this year at Kurikan Hall in a death match. Um, and he was Moxley, absolutely adores the guy. So it was like watching the, he was, he was, he was so happy. And then the contrasting with that was, um, uh, Robbie Eagles was on the English commentary going, I don't want anywhere near me. <laughs> Let's move quick. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, Moxley won with a bulldog choke after a, um, um, death rider, which was cool. And next, we had the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Team Champions, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuchika Okada successfully defend against the Mighty Don't Neil, Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, and Zack Sabre Jr. when Hiroshi Tanahashi pinned the World Television Champion, Zack Sabre Jr. Ooh, there's a bit of business for perhaps somewhere down the line. But yes, successful defense for the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Team Championships. And I was kind of thinking the Mighty Don't Neil might take it. Um, after Shane Hayes beat Tetsuya Yuneto in oh, those fireworks going on outside, I forgot it's, it's, it's fireworks days more in it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Shane Hayes having a big win over Tetsuya Yuneto during the G1 climax. Um, I thought maybe Team Tan might only might take them here, but no, Tanahashi kind of gutted it out. All ever since they won the titles, basically Akada decided to go after the titles called up Tanahashi and then called up Ishii and Ishii was like, what do we need him for? <laughs> and then the 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 
the kind of it's like, yeah, you know, Tanashi's, I mean, he's our friend now, but he wasn't always our friend, was he? You know, the chaos issues, the Hontai issues. And slowly but surely over the summer, Ishii and Tanahashi started tag teaming together a lot more. And they started to roll into a groove. And now they're all friends. So it's all all right. <laughs> so yeah, so it was kind of very cool. It was kind of a it was kind of a subtle kind of thing to start with, but they've kind of moved on to Ishii and Tanahashi having moved on from professional respect to actually just like enjoying much of the wrestling with each other and being a good tag team. And I'll be intrigued just to see what happens in in World Tag League this year because Tanahashi has been tagging with Tariano, but he's due a tour of Impact Wrestling. So I guess we shall see, won't we? Uh, but yeah, any thoughts on this one? No, I mean, that's, I, I just always marvel at that particular trio because, you know, I never thought, I mean, I always, you know, those are the three of the pillars in New Japan, you know, I always say, you know, uh, call Ishii. He, the guardian at the gate, the stone people at the gate. Um, and I was a Tanahashi. Tanahashi is the ace, and you know, we, you know, Card is cemented as uh, that guy. But to bring them together, um, I mean, you would think it would be just immediate magic, but to your point, you know, just a potential like EG having a grudge against Tanahashi is just hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but but it also tracks, you know, with like you you know, to your point with the historical context. So I'm glad they got over that and then and, you know, uh obviously pulled it out here because that's an all star team anywhere in the world. Um, but also to your point, uh, it's interesting seeing the mighty don't kneel because I feel like, you know, uh even Osprey was standing those two um and and guys like Ozzy Open have really been shining across the board in a lot of different spaces. Um, and I feel like, you know, they, they kind of earned the opportunity to get some gold. But again, you know, when you're up against, you know, like a, a crown jewel of a, of a trio like those three, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can also call it a loss and getting pinned by Tanahashi. That's almost like being, that's almost like a win. So. <laughs> I'm not sure Zach feels the same way. <laughs> Oh yeah, obviously not Zach. You know he's his ego. <laughs> you know I don't know who has the biggest egos in the in the in the thing right now. Him or him or Osprey the way they call the people out. But you know, yeah. But uh, anyway, oh big matches announced. John Moxley will challenge MJF at Wrestle Kingdom for the AW World Heavyweight Championship. That was the first big match announced. And then as they were leaving the ring, everything went dark. And. Um, Brian Danielson challenged Kazuchika Okada to another match at Wrestle Kingdom. So hopefully his orbital bone will be fixed by that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because I'm like, okay, man, you this, that's a hell of a thing. But I'm like, that is the last person um, you want to face on that big a stage with any type of injury. Like, I want to be 100% full, uh, full medal for that match, because he's also intentionally making an all-star final run, if you will. So. Yeah, hopefully he's uh, getting on a better end of that because, of, you know, looking at looking at his injury history, like the, the stuff that he's broken is just like. Yeah. Yeah. It did say, uh, Brian said, I'm going to break your arm so you can never throw a Rainmaker again. Well, that's the, that's the end they're going for. And the Kyle's response was come and try. So we'll see. Um, then we moved on to the Super Junior Tag League 2023 final match, House of Torture. Uh, 
<laughs> Going up against Catch Tutu. Oh God. Um, <laughs> see, the thing is with this, like TJP had a Duffnick going into this tournament, which War Dogs made worse by attacking them after they beat them, and Akira had a dodgy left arm, um, which War Dogs kind of set up for the final night because they were going against intergalactic jacksackers and. Kevin Knight likes dropping people on their heads with the DDT, and Kushida likes breaking people's arms with the hoverboard lock, and it was kind of all set up for Intergalactic Jetsuckers versus Wato and Desperado, which is the final we would have all wanted, but no, we end up with House of Torture versus Caps 2-2. And it's like, I still can't see in any university JP and Nakira being babyfaces, and... I mean, the fans in attendance liked it because it's House of Torture, so it doesn't matter who they're wrestling, the other teams are heels anyway. And it was perfectly fine for what it was. Um, just not my kind of cup of tea, I guess. I think that's the other issue is, is just like, I'm just not fans of either team, and therefore it's just like... <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it's a chore to get through because it's like, I've spent two weeks watching this brilliant tournament unfold, and then the two teams I don't like, the like, teams I like least. Yeah, I think somebody on the Super J cast account summed it up perfectly, which is Gato just doesn't like fun. <laughs> oh, man. That's, yeah, you're not wrong because that particular one of the, that particular squad had beat um, Show and uh, my boy Leo, or you and my boy Leo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, I just, you know, because we're both in full audio right now. What I'm saying is like, the minute you said DJP, I grabbed my remote and tried to turn it down. Like, it's, I just, I'm I'm good on anything related to the kid. You know, nothing against him personally, uh, but but it's just, it's a complete turn off. Um, and like you said, you know, with those those two particular, other two particular teams, I'm right there with you in the Galactic Jet Setters versus you know, Wado and Desperado, and if I had to throw in, throw in a potential third team, it would be my boy Leo and and, and Yo. So, um, but like you said, I guess Gato doesn't like fun, or he's in a particular mood uh, with this tournament. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What can you do? What can you do? Thankfully, the evening was saved by Hiromu Takahashi successfully defending it, defending against Taiji Ishimori. Hiromu's title defense, fifth title defense, fifth title reign has not been full of bangers, to be honest. He's gone off and done a lot of shows on indies. He's gone to World Japan. He's gone to Michinoku Pro and not necessarily had the bangers he really should have had with the people he should have had bangers with. Mm. Like Rising Hayata, we should have tore the house down with him. And I haven't seen the match, but from my all accounts, was it was just very good instead of like genre making, which is really what it needed to be. So this match kind of had to pull things out of the fire. And Taiji Ishimori coming back off of injury is always a sight to behold because he tries so hard. And they went full tilt for 25 minutes and they did not slow down. And this was absolutely epic. And just absolutely loved it. Just can't say enough about it. The the big story is like Takashi getting distracted by stuff because he was like, he won the Iron Iron Heavy Metalweight Championship in DDT a couple of weeks ago. And would seem way happier than last time he won Best of Super Juniors. So he spent the last two weeks defending that around New Japan against everybody because it's it's 24-7 rules. It's the old hardcore championship rules. And Ishimori beat him for it a couple of nights ago. Um, and then 
doesn't want to defend the championship against anyone else. So that's just quite funny. But then, but this match was just Ishimori just went hell for leather, absolutely hell for leather into Takahashi, and Takahashi went with him, and it was just epic, just as good as these two have ever wrestled each other. The best of Super Juniors final in 2018 may have been the best junior heavyweight match I've seen in the last 20 years. This was getting close to that one. I don't think, I certainly, you know, it, it, it's in the top five junior heavyweight matches I've seen in a very long time. Mm. Um, I don't think it has the emotional pull of some of Takahashi's matches, which I'll get to in a second, because the ultimate emotional pull came after this match. For Ishimori and Takahashi, yeah. Just they made for each other to wrestle each other, absolutely were. Yeah. And yeah, can't say enough about I mean, yeah, this is like a just go watch it. Um, situation, oh, yeah, I, yeah I, and I will be doing that. Uh, because those are definitely two of my favorites, particularly you know, uh, Taiji. Because I remember when he first joined uh, uh, the Bullet Club, and I, th- I think it was my boy Tama <laughs> that kind of ushered him in as the bone soldier. <laughs> uh, so I, I remember that. I remember that specifically. Many years ago, but I, I, I specifically I, remember that. I, I was Tom of feeling things he has perhaps felt, not felt towards another man during that interview before, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, that was, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be able to uh, check that out. Because Taji, he's, he's a stud. They both studs. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's great to hear, and I'm definitely going to check that out. But, Turns right quickly going back to the, I guess, the run, this particular run for um, Takahashi. What would you attribute to potential, potential lackluster in this two? And if you were booking it, would you have taken it off of him? Uh, maybe halfway this year, and who would you want to drop it to? I don't think. See, this is the thing. They haven't got anyone else who's at that level mm. except for Desperado. And you have to keep that as for in case break glass, in case of emergency kind of levels. <laughs> you can't have because they are just too good. Um, and I think the issue is, I don't. I think it's just been they did the right. I think Hiromu did the right thing in sense of he's trying to lift up junior heavyweight wrestling across the board. Yeah, and I think he succeeded to an extent, but I think as well they didn't keep the home fires burning enough there wasn't but again because but they're kind of stuck as well like wato isn't ready yet he wins best of super juniors but he's not got an iwgp junior heavyweight championship running him yet they've got some they've got some people they could bring in speedball t-town who could do the job but they aren't at level say like the last guest they had who was junior heavyweight champion for the length of time was um oh Rushi's brother, Dragon Thingy. I can't remember his name. He's in NXT at the minute. Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee, there you go. Dragon Lee. And Dragon Lee was on the same level as Hiromu. So you could do that then. And I think T-Tan's getting there, but he's not quite there yet. So they've got a bunch of guys who are not quite there yet. Because, And I think the basic issue is because Ishimori, Desperado, and Takahashi are just that good. They're, they aren't just as good as junior heavyweight wrestlers as they can be, they're as good as junior heavyweight wrestlers as they've ever been. They're on, like, Liger level. They're on, like, El Samurai, um, Eddie Guerrero, that kind of level. You know, so it's difficult then to just, oh, we'll let Master Wire have a run for six months and see how he gets on. Because there's a... That might be disastrous. (laughs) And it's not really Wire to any good either, you know. 
Yes, uh, it's interesting you was listening off the names. I, I, I would have thought you would have mentioned my boy uh, Kushida in there. Would you, do you think if he, I guess, got back to that that level of consistency, would putting it back on him be too much like old hat? I think so as well. Ghetto's made it very clear that Kushida is not at that level anymore. You know, mm. he's he, the best of Super Juniors. The last two years he's done best of Super Juniors, and he's not had many big wins. He's had, he has, well, no. I think the issue is if you don't win matches at best of Super Juniors, you get a big win over a big name. He hasn't done either. He's kind of like won two or three matches and not performed well enough to the point this year that like should he be invited back? That was the commentary, like you know. So I think I think Kushida is kind of like they're kind of pushing him as the older statesman who's a great tag team wrestler, and him and Kevin Knight have done amazing things. Gotcha. But also, Kushida doesn't want to spend all his time in Japan. He wants to spend his time in California, and he, he moved to California so he could wrestle in America and wrestle in Japan because he doesn't just want to wrestle in Japan. He mm. part of the deal, part of the deal of him going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling was he would spend time in the LA Dojo and help bring up the guys in the states, as so he could do stuff like Impact Wrestling or stuff like GCW or go do go do other things that weren't just being a salary man wrestler he's trying to have best of yeah. both worlds which also that means well then if you want best of both worlds you can't have the whole world gotcha gotcha you see yeah. what i mean so yeah. it's like yeah it's like there's nothing wrong with kushida and i'm sure that scott demore is absolutely blessed that he has access to someone like kushida on a regular yeah. basis and kevin knight gets to go with him because he's his tag team partner you know, and there is so much left for them to do in Impact Wrestling. You know, they haven't wrestled ABC yet. They haven't wrestled um, the guns. Uh, guns yet. There's a bunch of yeah. stuff there that they could do. Yeah. Um, but that they haven't had chance to do yet. Um, and so, therefore, you know, I don't think I don't think Kashida's too bothered about it. I think he's quite happy in the place he is because essentially. Yeah, going, to, going to WWE wasn't perhaps, I can understand why he did, but he was never going to be, he wanted to be heavyweight and he was never going to be considered a heavyweight in WWE, it just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, he, I think he's happy in a happy place and he's doing things that, that is going to be good. But I think, I think Takahashi Ishimori and Desperado are just, yeah, well, and that's, and there's plenty of, I think they, they maybe should have maybe dropped it to Rising Hayato. That would have been cool. Because yeah. Hayato is, is he's not, um, I've only seen him wrestle a couple of times, probably the same amount as you, but he's a character wrestler. He's not, he's something different. He's, he's not something that, you know, and he's, he's something that would put an interesting twist on that championship in, even if it was only a two month reign. Yeah, you know, well, sounds like I'm um, similar to why Despy stood out. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like it would be interesting to see someone like that take the belt for a couple of weeks and just do something different with it. Or would you? There is go. You know, all Japan are getting two thousand tops in their arenas at the minute and aren't really on the cusp of the. You know, they're not like Noah. You know, so they're kind of like. Is he a big enough guy to be able to do that? Possibly in a couple of years, yeah. Maybe not right now. It's, it's kind of like the junior heavyweight division, they have they have brought a rise to junior heavyweights across the board. Because, like, you know, we talk about Gleet an awful lot, but Gleet wouldn't really exist without junior heavyweight wrestling, you know. Um, 
and they have kind of dragged everybody up to a really high standard. But the flip side of that is you can't have everybody at the top. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a diff- it's a difficult decision. And then Haram is still the guy. He's still the most popular junior in the company. He's still a superstar. And yeah. will be a superstar for a very long period of time. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing that he got the belt. I don't think it's the reign he wanted to have. However, when he gets to the end of this match, he gets on the microphone and says, if anyone's thinking of turning the lights off or coming out here to challenge me, can you just give me a minute? <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> I, I want to make a challenge myself. And he challenges Desperado. And Desperado came to the ringside and he was like, it's a Wrestle Kingdom. I worry about it. And Desperado said, well, I've got to go get some surgery. All right. And so here's the deal. Because Taguchi and... Um, Taguchi and Ishimori are still carping about it. Taguchi hasn't had a championship match with Takahashi ever, or for a very long time. And Desperado said, if you can keep those two annoyances out of the way between now and January, we'll wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom, and that'll be fine. And that was that. So that's it's, it's, Taka, it's Hiramu Takahashi versus El Desperado for the Junior Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom, which is arguably as big a draw as the main event is, I would think. Certainly, for a lot of fans, for me, I'm not. I I I like the idea of NATO versus Sonata, but I'm more excited about Desperado versus Takahashi. Yeah, good good story on both sides. Yeah, definitely. And then we get to the main event, which is Will Osprey and Shota Umino, which I sat and watched for 35 minutes, and it still hasn't finished yet because I had to do a podcast with Marcus. <laughs> And it had more it had more false finishes in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh my god, that that's the that's that that may be the the, the line, that's the line of the show. But uh yeah, yeah like you, you hate to see the fight for everything become a real <laughs> reality. <laughs> Can you not finish this? I've got me tea. Like, why why are we going, why is this going on for so long? It's just like forever. You, you know, because you know that that's how so many fans, particularly uh, American fans, are so honed about what a what a five star match is. Like, did they have thirty five false finishes? No. Then it was just. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I mean, it's a cool story. The story is like Osprey's much better than Umino, and Umino can't keep up, and that's basically the and Osprey's gone out to hurt him rather than beat him, and that's his undoing. So far. But we still haven't finished the card yet. I still haven't finished the match yet. And I've managed to get myself unspoiled all day. So I don't know. But intriguingly, John Moxley came down to ringside because Will had Umino in, a, in an arm trap mount and was about to beat the shit out of him. And Moxley came down to ringside and egged on Umino to kick out. And so now I don't know where he's going to finish. So we'll see. But I can't talk about it yet because I don't know what something is. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe potentially seeing your tweet result uh, when it comes to that. But yeah, I mean that 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 may that's like my other favorite like mentor wrestling story in the last like however many years. Um, aside from now Despi and and, and uh, Wato, like this, this whole Umino and and Moxley thing that nobody saw coming, but everybody appreciated. Yeah, it's uh, that's 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 great. Yeah, it, it's intriguing for sure. We'll have to see. I'm more. I'm. I'm like absolutely desperate for him to win. I wanted just last month. Yotsuji wrestled Osprey, and I had to. I've been Osprey out because he's just he's everywhere at the minute. You can't go to a wrestling show without him being on it. 
he's on Impact, he's on AEW, he's on New Japan, he's everywhere. So I was like, I can't watch this. And Suji, Suji wanted to win the British UK Championship because Osprey has renamed it the UK Championship, and Yata Suji wanted to rename it the EU Championship, and just like yes, because <laughs> <laughs> I have no national pride whatsoever. So the idea of like you know um, yeah that'd be ace, that would be absolutely fantastic. But Yata Suji didn't win it, so I'm hoping Shota Umino wins it and just gets rid of that ridiculous UK belt and goes back to the American belt. We'll see there. Well, that co- it pretty much wraps up my coverage for today at Super J Tag League. Thank you very much, Marcus, for joining us today. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? Oh, my pleasure. Glad I could do it. Yeah, again, you can find me on uh, X, uh, whatever that means to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> those people using it don't know what it means anymore. Uh, you can find me on there at Paradox Kid. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. You can always hit me up. You can find me at Sheriff Lancer on uh, Twitter. You can find the show. Uh, you can find me also on uh, Instagram, SheriffLancer.tx. You can find the show on Instagram as Sheriff as Troopany Show. You can find it on Twitter as Troopany Show. You can find us on Facebook and Patreon as The Troopany Show. We're on Discord as well. Come find us in different places because we're all over the place. I will be back, well, on Monday. Me and Marcus will be back on Monday where we'll be looking at Glate Wrestling and versions 32, sorry, versions 62 and 63. Uh, some two big house shows we're going to look at there and some big news for the future um, and that's it for uh, today at I will be back today at I will return as James Bob will return at today at World Tag League um, in a couple of weeks time take care and speak to you soon bye